You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 18, The Inside Out, featuring Lid Walls. This episode of Find the Good News is sponsored by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. Check out our work at parkerbrandup.com. Would you like to help make sure I'm asking my guests the really good questions? Just visit findthegood.news and click the questions tab. I'll see if I can get your question dropped in the fishbowl. Each episode, my guests will dive deep, select three random questions, and if yours is selected, I'll ask it on the show. That's findthegood.news. There's something soothing about loose strokes and abstract flowing colors on canvas. And that comfort is what I found myself settling into when I looked at the nude paintings of lid walls. This art was being born from somewhere. I was curious, so I invited Lid to visit me on Find the Good News. One of my greatest pleasures in life is getting to know the backstory of a person, the beyond beyond of a thing, lifting the rock and getting to visit the places where the roly-polies play. That's the territory that Lid and I traveled together. Lid has allowed her personal trials to shape her and change her for the better. She's doing the hard work, the good inner work, the work we should all do. She's asked herself the important questions. Who am I? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What will I do with this life? She's looked inside, taken the lid off, knocked down the walls, and let a new being emerge. Everything she's learned from this inner work manifests through her hands and gives life to artistic works. These lovely figures breathe. They're as honest, wonderful, exposed, and colorful as Lid herself. The good she's done for herself is a good she shares with us. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep. On the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light. Pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Orrin Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. done one of these no i have not first time first have you ever been on the radio or anything no oh really what no. about video uh it's like you know uh i did a segment on kplc once. yeah well that's that cool extremely nerve-wracking this yeah. shouldn't be like that at I all i hope not have you listened to the show i have yeah, yeah absolutely well cool so what do you think i think it's great i love what you're doing well good and um, i'm glad you're like a uh 
you know, you can tell when you listen to the show that you are a conversationalist. I, I like talking to people. Yeah, yeah I do. That's and, true. Um, I like that you dig deep, as I'm a deep thinker. Good. As well, you know. This should so be fun, then. I, I dig. I'm, uh, you know, I'm an introvert, so I don't like shallow talk. I am, too. I you am, know. too. I read a lot about that because uh, I think there was probably a time where saying you were an introvert was maybe a bad thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, there That's was a changing. stigma attached to it, but um, I don't know. It seems to be like there are more introverts out there than we originally thought. Yeah, I think it was mis, uh, misdiagnosed, so to speak, that it yeah. was, uh, oh, they're not people, people, or they're not... Uh, right, and that's not the like, case at all. No, not at all. No, we're very people, people. We just want to talk about real shit. Yeah, right on. Duh, thank you. That's yes. exactly... It's exactly it. I love... I, I say it on the show all the time. I love people, but I'm scared of people. Yeah. So it's like uh, that that kind of thing is kind of hard to explain to somebody. Right. You know, you think, well, if you love to sit down and talk, you must love to talk to everybody. And it's right. like, eh, I prefer an intimate setting where Absolutely. it's one-on-one or maybe a f- smaller groups of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I get a little freaked out uh, by larger gatherings i do too and i tend to just kind of be the observer you know i like to be that little wallflower yeah and um kind of hide if i can i uh, i don't have the confidence to speak in large groups of people yeah i've dealt with everything you just said i would say that's exactly probably maybe 10 to 12 years ago that was almost debilitating for me Mm. Like I really, I avoided so many things that uh, I probably would have really enjoyed, but it was like, uh, and I don't know if that's a control thing or what I've thought about it a lot, but, um, and even this show, I mean, I can't lie if I'm being honest, I think about it and I go, so why do this? Right. Cause I ask everybody on the show, like why do something instead of nothing? Right. Right. So I got to ask myself that same question. So why do this show instead of not doing the show? And I, wonder you know is that a control thing is it like well in the show i can choose when where why and how and who and all of that so is that a control thing that i have a problem with or is it i don't know just stuff i don't know stuff you ask yourself i get it yeah i completely relate to what you just said too um most of my life i've been absolutely debilitated by that need to not be seen or heard yeah you know i was just so um crippled by what people might think of me or how i might come off and i as you said i've missed out on so many things in life that i i regret yeah you know um and just now i'm 47 so um I started saying to myself, "This you're 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 not going to do this anymore." You know, you've got to really like embrace life, and it doesn't matter. So I've only recently just started to come out of my shell in the last um, eight years or so. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you know, I I, I talked to been about this i actually think i may have talked to everybody about this on the show how easy it is to just make a um a fiction about somebody in your mind Mm -hmm. without really you know social media is a big culprit in that because we can 
we show people what we want them to see. Absolutely. And maybe manicure it to some degree, but you know, I could say before meeting you, I haven't, this is the first time we've talked, you know, yeah. now since we connected online, you know, I begin to say, okay, she's liked this thing that I've liked or, okay, we're, tr- we're in the same sort of orbits mm-hmm. and your brain starts to paint a picture of a person, you know, whether you know it's happening or not. And you're like, oh man, you know, she's kind of a cool chick or art's cool and these yeah. people are buying her art and so your mind starts to create like a little narrative about this Absolutely. person right yeah we all do it it's so fascinating yeah. and then you sit and meet the person you're like i think it's refreshing it's a great exercise oh sure to go oh i was so off off <laughs> so off and then also so shallow just such right. such a little one dimension yeah thing yeah but i do think that um social media is that way i think news is that way too i mean i've i watch what happens to my mind for me it really shifted with uh i think just the overall climate i don't know it's been shifting for a long time i think the overall climate just shifted in the last four years Mm as like a like a negative uh sentiment out there like you Mm. know that um we we all should we should all complain. Right. You know, like we really all have a right to complain and should complain. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I have a little, I don't know, I guess my thinking is if we're going to complain, let it have value, yeah. like mean something, not yeah. just for, but because, hey, maybe it's worth, this is something that's worth standing on a line about. Yeah. Because it actually has value versus, you know, complaining about maybe the way someone's experience was in a store they didn't have enough right. check out people or whatever the the kaleidoscope of complaints are out in the world yeah you know? I, I i agree i think um it's it's been really disheartening um seeing all that play out on social media especially um, sure we have definitely lost our tolerance for each other yeah completely yeah and that really bugs me. Me it's, too. Um, like, what happened? Yeah. God, I, what I don't happened? know what happened. And I don't know. I don't know. I think about this all the time. It's. I mean, I think the biggest poverty in the world, and there are a lot of poverties. And I, I, got, I always have to be careful about making big blanket statements like that. Because there are some real poverties in the yeah. world, you know, like real painful things. But... I think you can trace all, all of it back into how we treat each other. Yeah, the poverty is compassion. Yeah, right. That's right. That's the best way it's to gone. say it. Poverty of compassion. Yeah, to suffer with is uh, something lacking. No, I say it's lacking. I mean, I meet people all the time, especially on the show like this, where people do have compassion. They do want to feel, but for the other but yeah, yeah as, a, as a whole collectively you can definitely see the tolerance levels just drop right yeah and, and maybe maybe it's a means to a necessary evil to get to where we actually need to sure. be you know what I mean like, no I get you maybe you, you have to get sh- sick to death of it uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm at that point to make a change you know we yeah. need a shift in consciousness and agree maybe we just all need to be like oh my god I can't stand this anymore. I, yeah. Something's got to change. Totally I, agree. I need to be different. We totally need to be agree. different. Everything you're saying, 
Seriously, I mean, I know I, I preach against living in an echo chamber, but I can echo chamber that back. I hit that. I remember being in a local shop a few months ago. We were just talking about our spiritual practice and our faith and stuff. And I, I just said, you know, I'm kind of sick to death of being be, living in a world where it's expected um, to be kind until it's time to roll up your sleeves and not be. I said, because yeah. I think we've, we've, that's become a real easy out to just kind of be a, an asshole. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, well, I, I throw my faith out the window at the first sign of uh, injustice or what I call injust, mm-hmm. whatever my little, whatever my little injust uh, <laughs> tweakers yeah. are out there. And I said, I'm just tired of living like that. I'm tired of, the solution being lashing back. I'm tired of yeah. feeling like, well, you know, yeah, there's the yeah, but I guess to everything. It's like, well, be kind, except. Yeah. Or be nice, but. Right. I, was, I was like, I'm tired of living like that. I was like, what happens if you take that language out and of just, the equation? And just put a period at the yeah. end. Be kind, period. period. Yeah. Even when it's especially, especially. like when it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think art does i mean you're an artist yeah and so that's one of the things on this show when i started it i didn't really intend for so many artists to come through i mean i don't really care who comes through but at the same time i didn't expect it to be that way but what i think i'm discovering through that is and it's not a big revelation is that how important a part art plays in people's happiness level and joy and and artists to me seem one thing that i find interesting is that uh everybody comes to it from a different place Mm -hmm. you know i've had so many different people on here and each person is an artist and has skills and talent but everybody comes to it for different reasons has a different story yeah and why they're doing it's different how their styles develops different i don't know it's just a beautiful thing to me i see something kind of divine in it because on my morning walk this morning i was looking you know, there's just some property that there's nothing going on in there. It's property for sale. It's been there since I was a kid. And I just kind of stared in there for a little while. And I thought just in this little half acre of land is all this variety. Right. Weeds <clears throat> and flowers and vines and dead trees. And yeah. some of them, some are blooming now and some things are dying now. It's cold. And I thought, you know, that's art. Absolutely. It's exactly what all these different artists are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You seeing that is is your art. You being able to see that is your art because most people um, are are passing that by. You know, those little things that add could, beauty to your surroundings. I wonder if that's just the uh, maybe the deception of modern living sort of just to I get guess, you know we're all so um focused on what's next how do i get more how do i do better how yeah. do i and we're not living in the moment are we no i agree what what is sig- me too totally i mean every day oh gosh i mean mm-hmm. i am the very problem i mean that's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do it today a hundred times a day. Things right. that don't work towards mindfulness or being present. Or, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, sometimes it's just luck of the draw. This is the world we've been born into, the time we've been born right. into. And there's a purpose in that, sure. I believe, you know. Yeah. souls brought us here at this time for whatever reason. Right. You could totally yeah. not do anything and just ride along to your last breath and you know or hopefully 
I don't know, do something with that time, even if it's just help some help somebody help yourself wake up or help somebody else wake up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, how did you come to art? I mean, is this I'm very this is again art is subjective in a lot of ways, but uh your art's very different yeah. in my opinion from anybody I've had on the show thus far. Yeah. Um well, I've always been a creative. I was born a creative. I think all creatives are born creative. Um so it's been um I guess I really didn't discover painting, uh, not I guess, I didn't discover painting until um, 05. Okay. And up until that point, I'd always found different outlets of creativity, you know, even in the smallest things like cooking dinner that evening or whatever, you know, I was always finding a way to be creative. I got into the hair business. That was the most creative thing I could think of. Yeah. so uh, a significant, um, uh, I guess a bad time in my marriage made me, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that makes you step back and just question your purpose. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Where are you headed? Sure. Um, and then that phrase, life is short. <laughs> yeah. Pops in and you're just like, I'm going to really pursue what. I love and um, it doesn't matter what happens with it yeah so I just start I just picked up paintbrushes and it just started painting and it was really just pushing paint on canvas it wasn't anything at all it was just feeling an emotion and just um, expressing it through movement Mm -hmm. and color and texture and um, eventually progressed into this yeah so well you've developed quite a unique style i mean when i first saw your art i don't remember where i saw it at actually i want to say it was rouge blanc were you painting at rouge blanc yeah i was painting live yeah okay so i saw some videos possibly or some pictures i can't really recall but i thought oh i mean immediately I, i was drawn to it because uh it reminded me of I love contour drawings I used to love that in art mm. class in college mm-hmm. some kids hated it because it's so um, it, well people yeah loose they'll yeah. say oh but I can draw better than this I'm like yeah but there's something special about the the yeah. looseness of it and the oddness of it and so when I looked at your art I kind of re- for me it just made me think of that because yeah. that, I was, oh that's a human figure yeah. these are figurative paintings but there's something just different about this. I thought it was just really cool. Oh, thanks. Just different. And as I went and looked at your art, I was like, yeah, she's got a definite thing going here with this. Yeah, thanks. It's, um, yeah, I, I recently, well, I guess it was probably a, um, maybe January of um, 2018, I guess I um, had moved into these sort of loose abstract figures. Um, and... It took me a minute to figure out what was happening, like emotionally with me, what, okay. like what brought me to this. And um, I had just been, I was, I got divorced uh, maybe f- five or six years ago. <clears throat> and since then, I've been on this, you know, self-discovery mode, you know, that whole sure. cliche thing. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, it just kind of developed from there and um i've been allowing or giving myself permission to be vulnerable 
because I had never done that before, mm. especially with, um, you know, the public or even people close to me, you know, family members. It was yeah. being vulnerable was just, oof. Y'all, I've been through that. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Couldn't do that. Um, and then I became a Brene Brown fan. fan. I don't know if you're familiar no, I'm with not. her. But she, oh, man, you got to check out her stuff. Okay. She's, check, check out what our, she's got some really great TED Talks. Um, but she preaches on vulnerability. And um, she says that vulnerability is our greatest measure of courage. And oh, my God, she's so right. Yeah, I believe that, too. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's essential to heal the mess we've kind of made in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a wounded heart revealed is a blessing it is um, i think that's where the magic happens for yourself and for others yeah right both both ways and it's the only way to truly connect with someone yeah and i have been missing connection my entire life because really? i i chose to close myself off from people when did that start like the closing oh, off because i i understand childhood. it too Ch- early childhood oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah yep just different you know incidents um, where I was just, you know, kind of what everybody goes through. You're, you know, you're ousted from a group or you're not completely accepted by your peers. Yeah. But for me, I turned that experience into something, you know, kind of traumatic and yeah. it affected me deeply emotionally. And um, I chose to not feel that way anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. I, not exactly, but I do understand what you're saying because that's something I try to do a lot is go back in time and go, where did where are mm-hmm. the key moments where this behavior sort of came from? Where did it start? You know, I, I, I'll, say, I'll give you an example. Speaking of being wounded and open, I mean, I uh, when my wife and I first started seeing each other, she has a very large family. And... My family's not large like that at all. Mm-hmm. In interacting with her family, and when especially at the holidays, and since it's the holidays, it's kind of relevant because yeah. it's coming, and I'm at, I can feel the anxiety building mm-hmm. for me. And she knows she's aware. We've had lots of lots of talks all these years about it. I said, but you know, there's an anxiety that builds for me at the, at the holidays that comes from these large parties family i say parties just families gatherings gatherings. and you know and it's not again going back to what you said i'm not antisocial and i don't dislike any of the people there and i I always worry now that i'm aware of the way i behave that i'm coming off like i don't like these people totally not true but I, i started trying to kind of dig into why do i feel this why do i behave this way why do i start to kind of go in and want to just go stand outside and you know just sit on the porch swing and not be in the mix and do all the hug the round of hugs and all that because i love hugs yeah. it's kind of a funny <laughs> issue because i love hugging i hug my children yeah i hug my wife and when i give a hug or receive a hug i feel loved i mean it's, it's a good thing yeah but when i'm in a group of people that i don't see but a few times a year, that desire to do all of that just melts away. And I was like, when did this begin, this behavior, you know? And I I mean, I've kind of nitpicked it to death to try to figure it out, but I think it goes back to early, early childhood. Mm -hmm. Because I started thinking about it, and I said, you know, there was a time in my family where we did have parties like this. We would go to my grandmother's house, and it was all my aunts and uncles and cousins, and I was little, 
but it was joy and my memories of that time are joy but there comes a point where i stop having those memories and the joy sort of disappears i'm mm. like so what changed and all i can think of is some things that my grandmother has told me that kind of happened between her and my father and just some negative things mm. without really getting all into that but these things sort of cause those events to dissolve and then we stop doing them all together and I think that planted something in me, like a fe- whatever those things were that were happening was in my mind as a child, it was a trigger to say, yeah. when these types of things happen, these negative things are going to happen. So it's best to avoid these things. Right. And it, that's what I think's happening. And I'm again, 44 years old going, yeah. I'm still subconsciously responding like this eight, nine, 10 year old kid. Yep. And I don't know how even and and you know on one hand awareness is step one of most things, Absolutely. but even awareness isn't a powerful enough to stop the old behavior. Right. I think eventually it will be. Just, though, but you know, know forty four. So I'm going. How yeah. much light I got to spend the next? You know, now I now with awareness, you some how many however many years I've got less. Let's say I, I live to be as old as my father, which was sixty three. I've got less than twenty years to figure that out oh, and come try on, you're to live longer than that. <laughs> I mean, but you know, you start to go. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. So, so you got to. I think it's the work. You got to put the 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 inner work has to be put, put the work in. in and, and you know, it's it's not. It does not feel good to get in there with yourself and dig through all the dirt. Yeah. You know, looking in the mirror and calling yourself out. Right. Or, and or, saying damn it, I'm not letting this fear control me anymore. Right. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, that's why I'm here today. Yeah. You would have asked me this a year ago, I'd have been like, uh-uh. Because, of, because of the being revealing or because of just the one-on-one or just, somebody you don't know? Um, the Just how I would come off to others okay listening to the show yeah because you know what, someone's going to hear this yeah and they're going to go gonna what's Lid talking what are they about think? yeah but and i would i still care about that but yeah i'm not letting it dictate my choices anymore that's good yeah no i agree because i could say the same thing a year ago would i have done this show no or even really years ago i still i mean one one of my goals with this show, which I really haven't brought up on the show, just in private discussions, is to find one thing that I can learn from each person. I'm going to learn a lot, but what's mm-hmm. the one thing that I can do, take away, that I can actually apply? Like, for instance, um, we, her episode hasn't aired yet, but I interviewed Elizabeth McDaniel. Yeah. She had, oh, yeah. yeah. Booty yoga. Good yeah, friend. that's right. You all, Good friend of that's mine. right. She yep. mentioned you on the show. Well... I'm not going to go. I mean, not. I thought about it. I was like, hey, I'd go do that. Just that would take a big leap of faith for me. She said some men go do it. I said that would take a lot for me to do that. And realistically, as I'm contemplated it over the last few days after talking to her, I said, you know, I probably it's going to take more than I've got to get me there. But Mm -hmm. there are things that came up from talking to her that I used to do that I don't do anymore. And I talked a lot about that was in her episode was. I used to go do Tai Chi every morning in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And if something happened that caused me to quit, I never did it again. Talking to her made me realize, hey, okay, I can add that back into my life. There's no reason I shouldn't. Right. So, yeah, I'm not going to her class, but her conversation gave me something I can add back into yeah. my life. 
where am I going with this? I guess what I'm what my point is is that you can change. It's just sometimes you know, it's them little just a little dose. It's one thing. It's like doing one thing different. Going right. to try something and sort of making yourself do it repetitively to where you go, okay, for me, I have to do things that way. Yeah. I have to settle into them for them to stick. Yeah. Does that? Absolutely. Yeah. I have to, um, I, I, it's kind of the same for me. Um, I'm a pretty laid back person, you know, physically, mentally. <laughs> um, and so uh, I have to, put it in my mind and have it sit there for a while and and make a home yeah and then i can act but for me to just say oh i'm gonna go do this today usually doesn't happen that way yeah i've got to absorb it process it let it live for a minute okay and then i can act on it like um i've always wanted to do martial arts you know yeah tai chi or whatever um and i recently did a women's self-defense class. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, at one of the local places, and um, it was amazing. It was awesome. And I was like, "Damn, I'm 47. Why did I wait this long?" Yeah. So I said, "All right, I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm living. Uh, I'm, I'm allowing it to live in my mental space right now. Um, but it's going to happen. I'm going to start doing these classes." Um, soon <laughs> yeah yeah but you do it and then you did like yeah i see what you mean you have to let it settle well you said but that's just me you know other people are like yeah oh yeah i'm doing that and they're gone I'm like good for them i i admire that but yeah that's not how i work and i know that now yeah you know i used to beat myself up for a long time and make myself seem of less than a person than that other person because i, I wasn't doing things the same way they were doing it yeah not realizing that well you're a completely different person than that person. Yeah. So, no, I get it. I, I mean, I've beat Liz. myself that yeah. up. That, I still do that. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I'm completely free of that um, comparative behavior. Yeah. You know? And I don't know where that comes from or why we're why I'm wired to do that, but I do that. I mean, still like going. I think oh. it's you know. I think society does that to us. You yeah. Know? I think just as a whole, we just all live in that space where we're like. Well, this person's doing that. Why aren't I doing that? Which is a good thing, but at the same time, um, I feel like we need to lower expectations. And I don't mean that in a bad way or like a lazy way, you know what I mean? But like we have to acknowledge our own expectations for ourselves and not be living up to someone else's expectations because that's just setting ourselves up for failure, I believe. Yeah. And I'm happy. I know it. You've probably heard me mention filming videos, building websites, creating logos, or building brands on this podcast. Well, there's a good reason for that. I'm a brand builder, and my brand is Parker Brand Creative Services. My team and I have built countless brands in the Gulf Coast region, and a lot of our work in the travel and tourism industry is experienced across the country, and honestly, the whole world. We have our specialties, web, logo, package, and whole brand design, as well as video production and photography. But the reality is we function as a full service advertising agency to businesses that don't really mesh well with larger advertising agencies or just don't want to have in-house creative departments. But don't listen to what I say. Just go to our website, parkerbrandup.com and take a look at what we do. We're a show it, don't say it team. Okay, you should definitely say it too, but you know what I mean. That's parkerbrandup.com. We think sideways, we push forward, and we'll get your brand up. 
Well, it's true. I mean, with children and, and everything, I mean, I could say that the way I raise my children is totally different than maybe somebody else I know and the way yeah, their sure. their standards for their children. Um, I, I've never really been one. I'm proud of my children, but I've never been one to want to use them as a, a benchmark for my own success. Right. You know, I've tried to treat them just like the way I treat myself and go, you're a different person than me. Yeah. That's hard to do with your kids. Like it to go, is. you're your own being. You're not me again. You're not, you may have pieces of me in you, you know, through just blood and bone, mm-hmm. but you're still your own being. Yeah. I mean, it's when you have several children, you see it. I mean, they become yeah. who they're going, they're, they're their own people. And so I, I try to start out like that with all of them. And so having using them as a benchmark of my value is kind of strange behavior to me. Yeah. But it's I mean, a it, fine line, too. You know, like it's a fine line between allowing them to be their own person and making sure you want to instill good values. Yeah. Moral system, you know, moral code. Yeah. Um, so there's that fine line. Sure, because I mean, then that moral. I mean, look, I, I can tell you just. Well, we're me now. We're now we're really getting out and to see we're going all over the place. You know, I think about it with my children because when they begin to engage with other children, in their social circles, and then they come home and they've maybe been attacked or something that because of who they are they've um, been chastised or something like that. The way they deal with that a lot of the time is the way that it comes from our moral center that's in our home. But the reason they're attacked comes from a moral center that's in somebody else's home. And it's interesting because it's very tribal in that regard, how families themselves are just little, little tribes and we're not all, it goes back to what we were saying. It's like treating each other better just as a rule. Yeah. First. Yeah. Uh, could, would be a great tool because I don't know, I'll know that that's always the way we're taught is that the first rule is the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Should that not always be the first rule? Because if you add make that the first rule and then every other rule is beholden to that rule, it would change the way we function. And I find when I watch my children interact with other kids, I go, hmm, a lot of what they're the aggression they maybe are receiving from somebody else is really just learned behavior. Yeah. It's sort of parenting what the parents do. Right. Uh, and so, and again, that's a, a blanket statement. I have no idea what everybody's doing, but you know, just in general, what I've experienced is that. And so with my kids, I try to look, take a different approach and go, well, yeah, I want to give you some morals, but at the same time, I have to remember that you're also a person. You have a thought of your own. Right. So I have to respect that. I get told a lot that that's not the way. Because I'll, I'll tell you what I laughed at the other day. You know, Elf on the Shelf. Some people do yeah. Elf on the Shelf. Well, we do it too. Now, why do I do Elf on the Shelf? Not, I guess I missed what it was about. Because I do it because it's fun. Uh-huh. My kid loves hide and seek. The end. Yeah. But what I have discovered, and this is just my own ignorance, is that people use Elf on the Shelf as a deterrent as a punishment it's way for santa claus to watch you oh through I the elf that either i guess yeah i've heard a lot of this sentiment that well it's really more the elf is watching okay that's what elf on the shelf is i was like oh i thought it was just a funny game right of hide and seek 
so once I, once I learned that, and I was like, so because somebody posted all you parents that are using Elf on the Shelf to keep your kids in line, I've got a better one for you. It's called Belt on the Shelf. Mm. And when I read that, I'm not gonna lie, I went, ugh, <laughs> yeah. gross. Yeah. But that's a form of parenting that I'm just not. I just don't do. And I go, well, my kid's better or worse for it. I just the thought of. The thought of that just I, I tried to put myself in that headspace of like so that was funny to say ha 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 belt on the shelf and that parent thought that was a good thing yeah it's funny and I was yeah. like is this funny and I don't know I just for me maybe I made a bigger thing out of it than I needed to in my own head but I really did it kind of bothered me yeah it's like so yeah, that's funny the idea of taking off a piece of apparel and whipping my kid is a better idea than Elf on the Shelf as a fun game. I just couldn't quite right, put the pieces yeah. I'm together. With you. <laughs> okay, I thought, I'm with well, you. maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I'm missing something as a parent. You know, and people will tell you if you don't parent that way, you're gonna have bad kids, or they're not gonna learn rules and boundaries. And I'm like, well, it's a reward and punishment. I think is what they're trying yeah. to say. They're not gonna learn reward and punishment. And I'm like, right. that's. I don't know. Is that good or bad? Um, well, I guess it's just, you know, uh, that's subjective. <laughs> yeah, it is, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That was just one of those things where I guess, you know, again, it goes back to just parenting styles and creating your little tribe of, in your family. Yeah. I guess, I guess, you know, my approach has always been if you've, you know, misbehaved in some way, I would rather try and you know speak to you about it first first try that first yeah right and let's have you understand yeah everything that goes on about that and yeah. why and how and the effects and instead of just you know using physical punishment. yeah no i agree totally and i think that that which kinda... hey physical punishment worked on me when i was a kid i think i got spanked on you know, maybe twice with the belt, and that was all I needed. I was like, okay, I'm gonna follow the rules. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, but yeah, I'm afraid to go down that rabbit hole because I would have to talk about a lot of things yeah. that for me, you know, that were painful experiences that really left marks inside my head. But I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that, and that might be why I am the way I am, and I'm not. Violence is not my first <laughs> violence. I know somebody's going to listen to this and go well, that's, spanking yeah. your kids, violence. <laughs> but I mean, I, that literally is how my brain is wired now. Right, like, I hear you. I I went I violence. Yeah, is the I, first. Is that the answer? <laughs> the V word came in my head. Too, yeah. Well, so. because it's a roll up. I, I guess I've always wondered why we. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if we're not beginning to adopt that again. It's a Wild West mentality. It's like, we're going to go shoot each other in the streets. You know, like yeah. you and me, you know, high noon, right. you know, and one of us is going to, it's going to go. It's happening. <laughs> I never really cared for that when I was, oh, violence was always, to me, should have at least been the maybe the fourth or fifth option if you've tried a lot of things, yeah. but diplomacy first. You know? Right. I'm, I'm with you. Totally. Yeah. You know? I've always been a peaceful being. Yeah. I can't say that I haven't been violent or, or maybe felt violence for sure. I mean, I struggle with those seeds like anybody else, I think, because it's, it's a very easy solution. It is. Temporarily it's reactive, feels good, it's a reactive I guess. solution, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I want to jump back because we, we, I took the, I took us the long way around to this. But so you said you started uh, with this loose figure drawing in mm-hmm. January of this past year. Two, yeah, 2018. Okay. Was it 2018? I'm really bad at my memory's horrible. I think, yeah. Okay, but it was so. It's not a. Yeah, it's a it's, fairly recent development. Then yeah. okay, because that's the only that that's all I've been exposed to of your art. Okay. So take me kind of back like has that is that do you see yourself shifting again or is that something that this is an evolution or is this just a a stage um i think it is probably an evolution okay you know and i think it will continue i'm sure it will continue to evolve yeah um as i evolve yeah um so right now this is just what is happening with me and it's almost um unconscious mm-hmm. you know this creation of art that i do meaning that um it just kind of happened unfolded came out no no thinking involved i just started doing it now it did evolve from uh you know just kind of playing with <clears throat> line and stuff but <clears throat> Uh, you know, where I've landed currently with it is um, an absolute direct reflection of, you know, my life and what my emotional state and consciousness is. So what do you mean now. by that? Like, really explain that for me, because I love what you just said. And I think I'd like to hear what that means to you. How is it a reflection? Um, I I have, as I said earlier, um you know, being divorced five years or so ago, um, I was in that marriage for approximately 26 years. So I was a child. a long marriage. Yeah, I was a child when I was with this person. Sure. And, you know, five years ago, I find myself, I was a child in the relationship. Now I'm an adult in the relationship. Sure. And immense growth and involvement through that time period of course right that's what happens and um you know a series of really awful things happened during your marriage uh, yeah um the latter part of the marriage and i found myself questioning purpose life blah 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 i guess i never really figured out who i was on sounds so cliche who I was on my own as an adult because I'd always been attached to this sure. other person. You're in right? relationship, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I made that growth period with another person. I right. don't know who I am individually by myself. What are my true passions when this person is not with me? Yeah. And so I was really, I committed to. <laughs> I keep thinking of the movie Eat, Pray, Love, but I committed to, you know, self-discovery and figuring out what what am I really about? Because I'm a deep thinker, you know? And so um, in doing that, I discovered that how afraid I was to be vulnerable mm. with pretty much everyone you do know, you think that is, formed during the marriage the the fear of being I think vulnerable that, that came along with you know that whole childhood thing of of just wanting to stay hidden yeah. not be seen or heard 
Where does that come from, you think? Um, that happened just, you know, when I was a kid. Just, just be, for no reason yeah, well, or my, something. You know, my dad was in a job that um, required him to move every couple of years. So I was always changing schools. And you moved with your, okay, yes. I got you. So always relationships, you knew they were going to end. So, right, I mean, I subconsciously. I found it hard to... Um, integrate myself again over no, I and over get it. again. Yeah. And um, when I did that, I encountered resistance from my peers. And well, you're forever the new. <clears throat> you're forever the new girl. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you never really you have to quite, prove yourself, get involved, yeah. get connected, and then be gone. Right. All, all over. Very quickly. You know, over and over again. Yeah. And you just get to a point where um, it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's emotionally draining, and it's easier to just stay hidden. I think as people get older, I've heard in conversations I've had privately, people say that about relationships. They're like. I don't like dating as I guess I get older. They don't like yeah. dating because they're like, it's, I don't want to do all, I don't want to have to go through all that. And if it doesn't work out, I've got yeah. yada, 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 you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I can see how that happens as a child where you, yeah. it creates. But, a, yeah. It's yeah. hard to keep putting yourself out there and being rejected. Rejection mm. is, that's a tough one. Especially yeah. when you're a kid, you know? Yeah, so, and um, then in a marriage, uh, a long marriage. I mean, and I say long. I mean that's a healthy amount of years yeah, to be married. Yeah. I mean, you're that in a way can become like a safety too, where you're like, well, I've got this person, and they're always here, so I don't have to was. go out and reinvest, and I'm not the new girl anymore. Absolutely I mean, I'm oversimplifying yeah, that, but comfort level there. So pulling away from that over, is overrode true fulfillment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's pretty much where this current series is um, has evolved from. Is just that emotional state of um, finding the strength to allow myself to be vulnerable in front of people, and that's what that's why they're nude. I wonder. Okay, that's what I was you about know? to say. I mean, physically being nude in front of somebody is like the most vulnerable. State yeah. of being right. Yeah, and and then and then to go deeper and let yourself be vulnerable emotionally. God, that's even harder, right? Yeah. See, I think for me, it's probably the opposite. Really? Yeah, but I mean, I because I've learned to, I think I've learned to be emote in mm-hmm. front of people over time. I've seen, I've found the value in that of all things. That's probably probably. I don't know. I mean, because it's funny because I do art, too. Yeah. And I'm an artist, I guess. I just never have called myself one. But I I do art, and I mean, I just, for some reason, I've never embraced it. Mm -hmm. But that other thing, being able, being willing to uh, be open and bleed in front of people, that I don't have a problem with. I just, what I find sometimes is I'm, I run a little hot in that regard for most people that it's like, Oh, yikes. He, he wants to go further than a handshake. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah. I I, want to go further than the niceties of, Hey, how's your day? Cool. Nice to see you. Things have been good. That, that stuff for me, I almost feel like a sense of frustration in myself when I, am forced to kind of just do that yeah because i feel like ah this just isn't my skin 
to be this person where it's like the niceties. Right. Yeah. Where you're having to like hold back your true self a little bit. Yeah. I do it because, a lot too yeah. because of my job. I do that yeah, quite often. I totally get that. Um, I, I am, you know, naturally a very, um, emotional, passionate, you know, person, um, uh, when I say emotional, I don't mean like, you know, unstable or whatever. No, I know what you mean. Not like you I'm emotional, I mean? like, but like I actually have, you allow your emotions to come out I, I, and bloom. I'm and, starting to again. So yeah. my experience when I was a kid, you, you know, you were talking about um, being that way um, with people. There were a few times where I um, allowed myself to be you know, with my friends, just be this, like, really just be open with my emotions about how I felt about our friendship. Like, it meant a lot to me. And, and you know, we were kids. And and then they were gone. You yeah. Know, like, that's, yeah. That's, you know, like, I scared them off. And mm-hmm. it's happened to me a couple of times throughout my life where I used to say I made the mistake of being too open with somebody. Yeah. And it scared them off. Sure. I get you. And... But now I can be okay with they just weren't ready. Sure. They weren't ready to receive it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to diminish myself anymore and allow myself to be this really deep emotional person that I am because it's what feels good and it's who I am and it's real. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I do. <clears throat> I get it because, I mean, I think... Another thing I find myself saying a lot is that I'm um, when it comes to that, I'm throw the anchor over the side of the boat type. Yeah. You know, I'm going to throw my anchor into a person, but I have to get to that place where I feel safe to yeah, do for that. Sure. Absolutely. Now, when I get there, though, I'm in. Yeah. You know, and then the chain links are just going to keep on going until it hits the bottom. That's yeah. how I want. I don't want. Yeah, you a want shallow deep water relationship. Deep connection. That's, yeah, I think that's what we all want, man. Yeah. But we're all just too scared. Too scared, and uh, well, because I mean, God, I mean, that's that's again being vulnerable. Right. Where do you work in somebody who can hurt you the worst? I mean, somebody who knows you. Yeah. I mean, worse than. Somebody who doesn't know you, they can take your things and they can say things about you. But you can blow those things off when somebody doesn't know you. I, I mean, I'm, I don't hear it, but I know that there are things yeah. said that I just go, I don't care about that at all. But when I've let somebody in and they say something, then it's just, I don't know, they're closer to your heart. Yeah. Well, you've let them in. You've let them pass the rib see cage, the real you. Know? you. And and then they're like, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You I know. worry about that with this show. Yeah. I do. Because the show, um, I always think this. And this is, again, being vulnerable. But I have to say this to be vulnerable and truthfully back up what I believe. And that's this. Is that I think sometimes, like a lot of my clients, they know me based on the relationship we have yeah which is through the work we do and and some of the person that they know but they don't really not a lot of them don't really fully know me they don't have the anchor in all the chain links and everything so i always wonder so what happens when one of my clients listens to this show and they start to go 
my kid's got bees in his brain. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. I do. And I'm I've like, got hair clients. I've got art <laughs> clients that only know me as, you know, Lid Walls. She does my hair. Lid Walls, the artist. I got a painting from her. They right. know you who know, you are. Deep yeah. stuff that we're talking about. But that stuff makes those things you or it come <laughs> out in the things you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Those same things that I'm ta- we're talking about here are what drive us in all these other little things we're doing, which makes it whatever uh, talent you have, it, it does, it comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like putting that out there, but it's weird how we don't mind taking the little fruit off the tree, but we yeah. don't want to the tree. It's interesting, too. I was thinking about trees a second ago when you were talking and I wasn't spacing out, but you said something about your, you were talking about being in a marriage and forming and it made me think of these two trees I have in my yard. And they've been when we bought our house, I thought I had a I had a crepe myrtle tree. We have a bunch of crepe myrtle trees. And uh, there's one in my yard that every year I would go, that one just looks different. And so for as the years passed, I finally realized I have a little oak tree mm. growing in the exact same spot as this crepe myrtle tree, and they Wow. They're all wound up together. But what's interesting is that as they both got bigger over the years, because, you know, we've been there a while. I've gotten to see them really kind of mature. I used to cut the oak tree out because I was like, well, it's not as pretty. Yeah. You know, I like the crepe. This is supposed to be a crepe myrtle tree. But it's not. It's a doggone crepe myrtle tree that's got an oak tree in it. And the oak tree's messing up my crepe myrtle tree. So I would cut it out, and then if I let it go, it would grow some more. But what's weird is when the um, when the crepe blooms, the oak tree is dead. And then when, the, when it's time for the oak tree to start getting its leaves, the crepe myrtle's dead. Mm. So they're not in the same sink seasonally. And it kind of made me think about the way a marriage can be. Mm-hmm. Because those two trees... <clears throat> were put together before they've matured they're not growing together right and then as they've gotten more mature now they're completely out of sync and those two trees really don't one of unfortunately one or the other is going to have to go for one or the other to, to become thrive. the yeah. thing it's supposed to be or they're never either going to be i don't know just kind of a yeah. reflection i thought yeah, about no, this. that's that's a, that's a great reflection you know it's a great reflection and that i mean that's what needed to happen and in my marriage in particular in order for us to be our best selves we needed to not be together yeah you know simple as that yeah marriage i've I've been divorced and i mean it's uh it's easy in retrospect to just go oh it's very easy for me in retrospect to make a list of all the reasons that it didn't work yeah That, that that part's easy but i've tried as i get older to not I guess I want to remember, especially if you have children from that marriage, you know, I don't want those children to think that their life came from that negative list. Correct. Does it make sense? And so I try to sometimes it's rare, but sometimes go, oh, I remember when this with your mom and it's a positive thing, even though saying those things sometimes makes my skin crawl internally, I guess, if that's a thing. Yeah, but uh, I get it. Just so they know to some degree that uh, they didn't just come from like this black ink well, you know, of sure. negativity because it didn't work. And yeah, because that's that's something I think I probably plant something in them that I don't know is growing if I'm yeah. not careful. I, I'm actually I would say even just divorce plant something. in. Yeah. 
kids that you even if it's amicable it still does something yeah that has to yeah do you have did you have children in there yeah Mm -hmm. how many two two are they they're yeah my son's 22 and my daughter's 17 okay yeah my oldest daughter's 20 so yeah i mean i've seen she struggled with different things that i didn't have when i was a kid that i'm like it's interesting so I, i can't help but wonder if it didn't come from that place right but I don't know. You know, there's no way to know. She's in her own head. I can't mm-hmm. pick it out. Yeah. You know, my my daughter's an artist too, and you know, it's the same thing with her. I guess art is an echo of what's going on inside of you in a lot of ways. How it just sort of a thing. This creativity comes out mm-hmm. and makes a thing. And I mean, hearing you talk about that and, and the vulnerability of the nudes, I was like, that's interesting because I didn't. I mean, I would have just looking at it. As a consumer of your art, you just don't know that. Right. It makes it more valuable when you oh, know. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah, I think so. You know, when you look at the ink and you look at the paint or whatever it may be, and you're like, this is more than just mm-hmm. something hanging on my wall. Right. You know, this came from, Yeah. it's well, just somebody's so. expression. Yeah. Do you ever share that with any of your clients? Um, if, yeah. You know, there's doing you know art shows or markets or whatever um the conversation comes up and yeah. you know i'll talk about it um uh, you, you gotta feel those people out though you know not everybody wants to get deep and dark with your conversation sure some people just you know <laughs> just like it because that matches their couch or whatever and i'm no cool with that, right that's what i was gonna I mean? ask you like the different <clears throat> tiers the levels of immersion with your clients yeah. i mean is it all over the spectrum um, yeah, pretty much. What's um, your typical? I mean, do you have a typical, like, this is kind of my sweet spot as far as clients go? Um, I would say probably between 30 and 60. Yeah. Um, professionals. Okay. Is Who's basically attracted to my art. Yeah. And did that, that develop over time? Did you start to kind of say, oh, I'm seeing a pattern here? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you put yourself out there and trying to figure out where your niche is because not everybody likes all, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm received better in Lafayette than I am here in Lake Charles. Why do you think that is? Um, I think Lake Charles just has this real, strong sense of tradition and culture and they love seeing that in their art you know my art's abstract it's mm. kind of nondescript and i so, see what you're saying you like know, crawfish and crabs and birds yeah, and you know bridges, and they love right. that and and you know the lake charles scenery and i mean i absolutely respect that you know it's just not what i do oh. so um I'm not that well received here. You're well known here, but not your art. I arts. don't even know that I'm well known. Really, online, um, you're, I, mean, I see like you a know, lot I have of my people. little following. Yeah, that um, I'm, you know, appreciative of, but uh, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, I do better outside of Lake Charles. It's interesting. You're not the first person to say that, though. Yeah, even people who do the more traditional mm-hmm. uh local culture type pieces still kind of run into that hmm. that that outside of the market the late charles market yeah. that they're more I well I received think maybe we were late to jump on the art band bandwagon you know and we're just now it feels like it um, yeah i've been in the scene for about 10 years 
I know there's other veteran artists out there who could probably speak to this a little bit better, but it feels like to me that we're starting to become more art conscious sure. you know, in the community and it's, and you know, it's starting to be something that people want to see more of and see the diversity that's out there. What do you think uh, on that note is making it change? Uh, I think the younger generation just is, you know, hip to that. Yeah. I think, you know, they dig all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's some, the organizations in our community really do seem like they're trying to diversify. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, I think um, more and more events, uh, the artists are invited to, you know, every single event that Lake Charles puts on. And so all that exposure is really letting people see that there's a lot of talent in this little area. Yeah, and um, that they maybe didn't weren't aware of before. Yeah, I had I had an idea. This is a crazy idea, but uh, the other day I don't know what I saw somebody. Uh, what's the hot dog shop in Lake Charles? Botskis. Yeah, I never get to go there, but they have such cool stuff. And I thought, uh, you know, it'd be cool is to like have all the local artists that people know of and do a whole menu called Art Dogs, <laughs> and like. They designed the dog, yeah, based on flavor with obviously the Botskis team, but yeah. like they're actually done to like look a certain way. You How know what cool. I mean? Like by using like different ingredients and stuff and yeah. just have like this would be each person's like, you know, limited menu. What a cool Art dogs. Concept. I don't know. I was thinking that could be kind of funny and then I throw it away. I was like, who knows? Hey, <laughs> if they're listening, maybe they'll do something like that. But just some ways to kind of tie yeah. things because it's hard to tie that's kind of something i the connective connective tissue i guess mm-hmm. is something i think that's still kind of forming like all the little sinews and veins between these different things that are all considered creative um because and even just in the um the layouts of the areas where we're typically presenting art and creative things i feel like i go okay you can sense the connective tissue in certain places or between certain businesses and artists but then you can feel where it breaks apart too and i was yeah. just just kind of meditating on ideas where it's like how can you connect more things together because yeah. there were i brought it up with ben uh there was vision and verse i think years uh-huh. ago where it was like a poem yeah. with a painting or a Very song cool concept i love that kind yeah. of stuff where it's two things and i thought what those things go well together mm-hmm. art and music okay it's like the low-hanging fruit to some to to some degree and i thought well, what other things are creative though that you could marry together to create more i don't know partnerships in strange ways yeah cool concept yeah i don't know what those things are but it would be cool to do some different things like that something something just kind of wacky yeah where you're like oh i never really put those two things together i love that you know like a lid wall hot dog could definitely make Never. some boobs somehow. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> some you are doing the male nudes now. <laughs> I mean, I did notice that the other day. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Just I think that that, that kind of stuff, um, I definitely think you're right. It's definitely changing. It's just still kind of a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which isn't a bad thing, necessarily. Yeah. No. However it needs to be. It's yeah. cool. I just think it's going to have to be... Uh, and I hate to use this word because it sounds so nasty, but I always I, it's a word I fear with a lot of things is incest. And I can sometimes feel the incest when I go to events where, and what I mean by that, and I need to clarify what I mean by that, but 
I had this sense one time when I go out and film a lot of events. Mm -hmm. And so when you're filming it, you're in a strange observer mode Mm -hmm. because you're not really there. I tend to go back and explain the event differently than somebody who was actually there because I'm watching it. um, I call it angle chasing. I'm trying to tell a story. So I'm looking, I don't know, just I got it. different, yeah, I different got world. I yeah. Yeah. Kind of like people say, if you're in a horror movie and you're looking through a camera, you don't feel as scared. Right, right. It's that feeling of being an event. But as an observer and you're filming the angles, I would come back and process the footage and you start to go, I've got footage of this artist. And then I go to this event and I got that same footage of the same artist and the same footage of the same artist. And after a while, I started kind of going, well, okay, after filming 20 events, you start to see the greatest hits, so yeah. to speak. And I'm not belittling anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be clear about that. But what I fear <laughs> is it becomes less impactful in a sense right. because people have been exposed to it. And they're going, well, I don't have to go to this event because I can go to any event and right. I'm going to be able to get that. Right. That, And I think maybe, and I might be wrong, that might even have something to do with why some artists are doing better out of the area. You know, you know, we're so excited to have events in our area that everybody the same sort of we're only so big. um, I think it's mostly local people that we're bringing to these events. You're you're kind of exposed to it. You've seen it. Right. Doesn't mean it's bad. No, no. And you're right. I mean, and, and it's pretty much, you know, the same artists at all the events, which is totally cool but there yeah. are so many artists in Lake Charles right. who don't do any events that are absolutely amazing right and um, what I am trying to do uh, it's just a thought process at this point but I would love to have some sort of regular pop-up art venue mm. where all of our us artists can get together in a designated space on a regular basis yeah and wasn't there a group though i think um we may have cut it out of that episode with denisha harger she was talking about was swla art yeah uh, you know i don't know how that i don't know why that fizzled okay out. i wasn't sure oh. if it was still out there or not uh, i wouldn't yeah it's as far as i mean we used to have regular meetings but we haven't in yeah um a while um but um yeah i don't know just you know just not like an organized group yeah but an organized regular pop-up event yeah i got that whoever could participate in or whoever wanted to participate in could come freely and participate with no other commitments whatsoever no fees yeah and just do their thing yeah and have it be like a cool thing that people in the community could go check out yeah you know? no i get you my my buddy darren he uh and man i wish i could remember his instagram handle now i can't off the top of my head i'll put a link in the podcast but he does art in the parks on sundays and it's just him and he basically brings all of his art supplies and his sketch and materials yeah he goes out to Prairie lake park every sunday between the hours of like two and five or something like that well, and he awesome. just invites kids whoever wants to come up and can just draw that's he calls awesome. it just i think i can't remember it's like uh uh eat think draw something like that i can't remember guy he's gonna kill me i really should know this better but anyway yeah it's just something he does and I think he's like, sometimes nobody comes and it's just him. And sometimes people will walk up and just will draw. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's great. In a way, it's kind of makes me think of what you're talking about. Yeah. Like just a, hey, let's just throw it 
together. You know, yeah, I actually think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, it's I so mean, easy to put an event together now with Facebook and, and events. Right. You can just create an identity. And, right. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like uh, the artists don't get that many opportunities to get out there and put their stuff out. You know? Yeah. Um, all our surrounding communities have these, you know, monthly art markets. Um, and we don't get that many chances to do that. We have to, you know, we're limited to our local events yeah so i would like something to happen more often so that we could have greater opportunity i do like the way that uh rouge blanc handled the live the live painting and that that to me is a cool element not just coming out to present your art but to actually see it made yeah that was cool it was um only my second time live painting really yeah and um that was that was a, a fun experience um i was you know pretty hesitant obviously of course for, from everybody conversation yeah about you know not wanting to be seen and heard but um, <laughs> that was you know when i was asked to do that my gut reaction was like oh no 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 because no. of the people watching oh, yeah, yeah 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 that, and i especially really get anxious when people watch me paint i i do not like it at all and it definitely inhibits my flow and my creativity but um i did it anyway yeah that's good experience though i uh used to airbrush and when i first started doing it it's sad because i've always i had always wanted to do it and i had someone training me to do it and teaching me the basics the mr miyagi wax on wax off (laughs) skills i needed to get the muscle memory and uh I really got pretty good at it and then it was when I found out that the real way to make a living doing it was to go paint at festivals and events mm-hmm. and uh, the first I mean probably the first dozen times I had real stage fright I mean because yeah. people want to watch I didn't realize what I was getting into is yeah. like it's not just the quality of the art it's the gimmick of watching I hate right. to say gimmick. It's probably not that, but it was the latch. That was what people caught on to. Right. They're like, oh, I want to see and hear the sound. And I was like, man, I don't like this. All mm-hmm. the, uh, especially at festivals, because people's inhibitions as the nights would go on, they drink more yeah. and they get closer and closer. And yeah. I can remember particularly being at this one festival and there was a lady who had, had plenty to drink at that festival and she was right on me while I was painting like telling me how to paint and I was like I don't know if I can do this I really didn't know because all my social anxieties kicking in and it's this crowd of people standing around like you're a juggler yeah you know it's a very strange feeling but yeah I get what you're talking about I can very but eventually wore off doing that after a while you know settled into it yeah the more I do it the easier it gets and um I will continue to do more if I'm asked. So Yeah, well, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, again, that kind of gets back to seeing it painted. Uh, I don't know, you feel like you're more connected to the art in some yeah, way, maybe so. I guess. I mean, yeah. you're there to witness it being made. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know, maybe. Uh, well, I want to get you to the part of the show called fishing for goodies okay you see that fish bowl over there okay will you grab it all right all right we've got um what these are questions that some of them i've put in here but some of them people who listen to the show have put in here okay and so what i get everybody to do is to basically reach in pick three of them out and then i'm going to read them to you and we'll discuss them okay but i don't know what they are so you pick three okay they're like little fortunes 
No, they're not fortunes. They're questions. But you know what's strange though? The last few times we've done this, or maybe even the last four, people have actually there's a lot of questions in there, and they've drawn the same questions. Man, some of these, yeah. And there's a lot of questions in there. Okay, well these are good. This one hasn't been asked yet, so I'm gonna start with it. Okay. Business and peace, money and love, stuff and happiness. Can these things work in harmony? Absolutely. I totally believe that. It's a mindset thing. Yeah? It's consciousness, yeah. How do you see that playing out in your life? I mean, I being in a creative kind of industry, there is always that balance of we have to be creative, but it's also monetized. Mm -hmm. What is that like with your art? I mean, is there ever that... Can you tell me a time when that light came into play and it was any kind of a conflict there or was it? Uh... Um, well, let's see. Like, how did you begin? Because, I mean, mo I'm sure it sounds like from talking to you that the art sort of came from discovering yourself. Yeah. Uh, when it's married to all these real intimate things on the inside, how do you begin to put a price tag on it? Um, and where does that change, you know, from where you started to now? Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one to answer. Um, I guess you just have to uh, value yourself. Value, yeah. You got to value yourself, you know. You got to believe in what you're doing. And you have to know that what you're doing is, you know, it's providing good for somebody and I guess it's kind of like well how does art provide good for somebody but in my case I would like to think that if they're connecting with it in any way they're at some point connecting with themselves and hopefully making some deep discoveries about themselves that will help them be better and have a better life mm-hmm and I get that. I do. And so the value comes from more than just it hanging on a wall and matching yeah, with. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> you know, this the, the kitchen, you know, or the dining room or, or yeah. the office. Yeah, I, yeah, I so. get that. I see what you mean. I, I would hope that, too. I think with anything you make that there's a longer, yeah. a deeper meaning. I, there. I believe with, you know, creativity, there's there's a reason why we came onto this earth with creativity. There's a reason why we need to share it. It's got to be for a greater purpose whether it's recognizable or not. Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, why do we have it? Why do we have the talent if we're it, not supposed to use it in some way? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I think that's something I've felt since I was a young child that there was like a... Um, <laughs> the word is lame, but I mean, I've always called it a force, yeah. a creative force, and yeah. it, it wants to manifest. Like Absolutely. just it's very apparent to me that it is manifesting it's not dead it's living uh it appears all throughout everything mm -hmm. i mean every i don't know i'm always fascinated to look at the small pieces like little molecules yeah. or the other day i was looking at pictures of the way um music forms shapes and water Oh yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, Man, and you see the it's art. I mean, I'm going yeah. just the sound itself. It kind of goes back to what I was saying: hot dogs and paintings. How can you make these yeah. things go together? 
here's a drop of here's a, a cup of water and a sound and they make art so it's like it's constantly reiterating to us mm-hmm. see me i'm making see me i'm making and then here we are being I, I i see us as a manifestation of that force and then we make and we can affect change and and what Absolutely. you're you know it pours out so i think when you're creating in a way you're just really honoring that and you're Absolutely. allowing it to flow better and, and truer i guess to some degree yeah definitely but that's difficult to do all the time it's easy to shut it off too oh yeah too you know? easy yeah i'd say that's probably where my biggest tug of war in, internally comes from is the pull between the part of the world that w- says just don't do that just stay busy yeah. you know here's how you survive right. you need this xyz do this stuff this time here's Correct. how don't change versus the side of me that says uh Listen go out there and just get it take your shoes off and just like you know wander off and look at things and, and appreciate the beauty and stuff and it takes a minute and it's not on a clock and yeah you know that's uh that's where my biggest that's where the rubber band gets pulled pretty tight yeah i think that happens for a lot of people most people you know we tend to not um honoring the soul is just become like taboo kind of thing you know yeah. like we're not supposed to do it there's you know we've got to <clears throat> take care of our families we've got to go to work we've got to you know make life happen and honoring your soul is hippie woo-woo stuff and yeah know, doesn't really serve a purpose and yeah no i, I totally I agree point totally you know and i, I guess I, I, another this is another thing that i, I think maybe i <laughs> privately i talk about but it's uh i don't try to i don't say it too much because i do have a business and uh i fear what the reaction would be but it's just the economics of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, many of our religious texts will tell us that money's the root of all evil. And, it, you know, even Christianity, you can't serve God and mammon. I mean, we can say that simply and then blow on past it mm-hmm. and then get back to business. Mm-hmm. But why is it there? There's a secret there telling yeah. us something that we're... I don't know. For me, it's like really and truly. I, I could. I mean, where's that original mistake? I think the original mistake is for a lot of us is just the monetization of life. It's like everything is compartmentalized and given a value of dollar value and mm-hmm. not a a soul value Correct. or a spiritual value. Correct. You know, and we've we've given we give more credit to that one. And this stuff, like you said, is drippy hippie. It's soft, and that's a cool idea. But ultimately, you got to get to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not naive to that. I get it. But what would happen if more of us went that other direction and and did give more credence to that other side to life? Then perhaps that that poison would it it would lose its grip on us because I think it's got a grip on everything. Absolutely. It does. The whole world. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. We're um, decisions are made based on money instead of people. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to see. Yeah. We were just talking about this at home. uh, And I tried not to go down that hole because I know where I'll go with it. Mm -hmm. I can slide down that hole pretty easy. But I was taking blood pressure medicine. 
And I kept telling my wife, I said, my blood pressure medicine doesn't make me feel good. I feel terrible every time I take it. Mm-hmm. I feel bad, worse. And I'm not even really sure it's helping me, honestly. I mean, my blood pressure is going down, but I think it's because of my diet, honestly. Yeah. And uh, so I'm reading my news feed, and then it says, you know, two, four more uh, blood pressure medicines are added to the cancer-causing list, you know, or whatever. And I read them. <coughs> I'm like, oh, well, my blood pressure medicine's on that list. Mm. And I mean, I told my wife, I said, hey, look, I said, I'm not taking that medicine. It's on the list, you know carcinogens and all the mm-hmm. stuff and she's like why do you think they can do that why do you think they do that and i was like the answer's really super simple yep. and it's just money yep. just the end it's that's all it is it's not about lowering people's blood pressure and <laughs> doing like that's some right. altruistic thing to just Absolutely. save people from high blood pressure it's just literally just Plain answer is just money. And I mean, there's so many things out there like that. It's almost everything. It's almost everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I can't be a hypocrite. Even this podcast. Here I am talking about this stuff, but somewhere in the middle of this podcast, I'm going to stick an ad for my business. Yeah. You know, because I have to do what everybody else does. Right. Yeah. You know? well, we got to make a living. So it's, but it's again, yeah. you know, how far, where's the balance at in that to... Do what's right and then make a living and do what's good for... Well, yeah, you do what's right, you make a living, and we are maintaining our integrity, we're maintaining our compassion, and we're maintaining our generosity in the process. That's what we can hope to do, yeah. And do good with the money. Not saying you can't, um, you know, enjoy your life with it, enjoy, but... <clears throat> choosing money over people is never okay i agree it's i totally agree okay. with that it's never okay no we we can tell ourselves it's okay we well we'll make concessions mm-hmm. but if we're going home at night and really looking in the mirror it's not okay it's nope. just not it's never okay whenever it's really put to you the answer should always be people always yeah no i totally agree with that that's a good question. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a second one. Hmm. I got two of them. I'm going to have to pick one of these. Let's see which one. What tests your patience? Oof. Um, I, oof. Is there a lot? N- no, not no, a lot. No, not, not a lot. Is there a little, just a little? Yeah. Um, people who play the victim role. Mm. What do you mean by that? Like an example of that? Uh, I used to be one of those people. You know, the everybody was against me. Why do I always have bad luck? Why do bad things always happen uh, to me? Why is this person doing this to me? I gotcha. never ever looked in the mirror and said, what am I doing? I got gotcha. you. How am I playing my own part in this? Yeah. yeah. You know, complaining about a situation over and over and over again and not doing anything to get themselves out of it or yeah. change it i can say i'm guilty definitely of being that way in many many situations i'm not a big fan of cyclical problems mm-hmm. when it's just cyclical and you're mm-hmm. going man this just keeps happening over and over again that's when if it's just happening and i'm in the equation it's probably something i'm doing Correct. or haven't changed a common denominator. yeah i'm the common denominator <laughs> yeah now that type of thinking sometimes can drive me into a 
a place where I don't have such a great view of myself yeah. because I can get caught in those things that I keep telling myself, I keep doing this, I keep doing that. For sure. But uh, I think the struggle is worth you, you got to start arm wrestling Absolutely. with that stuff. You're Absolutely. Right? But yeah, no, I, I can see how that would be something that would test your patience. It tests mine too because, and I'm going to say the word I. But it's one of my dirty words as I say it. I'm aware that it's the, the word I for me has become like a dirty word because I start to it, it goes into what you're saying, I guess, is it's the language of the ego. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's um, it's the well, I this happens to me and the world. It's almost like you're the center of your own little solar system. Yeah. And everybody else just playing a role. It's kind of, I guess, narcissistic yeah. in a way, you know. And I think that maybe the world's even breeding more and more of that. Mm-hmm. Look at me; it's my world, it's my perspective. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself, you know. But right. I think sometimes the self can almost be very poisonous, you know. Yeah, it, it can be. I mean, there's a difference between self care and self indulgence. Yeah, and then indulging at other people's expense. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I have this, and I don't know. <laughs> Again, it's a belief. I can't tell you where it comes from, but I have this another force, <laughs> so to speak, that I tend to feel about the, something. Boy, I'm stepping all over myself because this is a weird one for me to talk about, but it's this force of checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And I think that any time there's an indulgence of any kind, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. It has to be taken from somewhere else. Nothing just from a a very blanket scientific statement there's no new matter created or destroyed right right we have right, nothing right, right. new entering into the scene yes. so every every energy comes from some other place and I, even i would i believe even spiritual energies are like absolutely. that absolutely yeah so yeah like if you're taking something for yourself it may not be apparent to us but it's coming from somewhere something else it has to be taken from when I think about that, I, I t- tend to think of that when I get a blessing of some sort. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to go, oh, I just received this blessing. And then when I really meditate on it, I'm like, well, where did this come from, this blessing? I mean, it had to be drawn from somewhere else because there's nothing new. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. I, yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. I just, I don't know. I just wonder about that when it comes to... Um, I guess that that getting back to your original point about being the victim, it's easy to forget that uh, when you're playing the victim and being the center of your own universe, it's like easy to forget like, okay, but I'm drawing this stuff from somewhere else. Correct. You know, and so you're not really a victim at at all. You're kind of unaware. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. It does make sense. Um, I it makes sense to me in the fact that I I believe our our souls individually all have a purpose on this earth, and whichever path it feels like it needs to take, it draws those circumstances to you so that you can experience that. And, yeah. Okay. And take whatever you're going to take from it, and you know move on yeah so if you know if you're so for instance if you know like when i was the victim playing being the victim all those years in my 
20s and teens. Um, I guess my soul was just like, you are not getting it. And it kept bringing me these circumstances that I interpreted as this is happening to me because the universe was just like, dude, when are you going to get it? Like, I'm going to keep hitting you with this until yeah. you're like, until you start thinking differently about it. And I, that's just how I interpreted it. It may sound like. No, 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 no. Woo woo to. I don't think it does. Most people, but that's, that's how, I truly believe we, our souls have a, a, a purpose. Something to do. On this earth. Yes. Yeah, I kind of feel in a, in a very similar way. I mean, the way I process that sometimes it's almost like, um, and I guess in, in for all intents and purposes, it's probably the, the true meaning of what karma is. Because I think a lot of times when we say karma, um, people use it as a replacement for the word luck, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you did something bad, so something bad's going to happen to you. You did something good, you're going to get yeah. a reward. But when you really read about karma, if you, if you believe in karma, that it's really more just result. It's act. It's the result of an action. Yeah. So for by that regard, like um, I am still playing out my father's karma because my father lived his life and he did the things he the actions he took in his life affected mine. Well, if I want better karma, I have to be aware of his karma. Right. And take it and kind of go, okay, well, now based on those actions and becoming aware, right? right. And saying, well, maybe these cause some pains or maybe it's left things in me. Well, how can I recycle that and then turn those into better actions? Yeah. And create better karma. It's not, I'm going to get a reward or a punishment, right, but right, it's a, it's a, there will be an effect because I've done that. So I think. In that regard, it's, a it's kind experience of, yeah. For you. So it's kind of like what you're saying yeah. in a way. You're, you take it and you're going, well, the all these history of all all this karma. We're all really all playing out every, all of our karma together. Yes. In a way, it's kind of um, what we originally were talking about: the sentiment in the world right now, the yeah. negativity. We're we're rolling in. We're taking all this negative karma and we're sort of regurgitating it. And if we have to choose to say, hey, I don't want right. this karma anymore. Exactly. You know, I got to take this energy and and redirect it and maybe transform it so there's better karma for people after me. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, I get what you're. I get. I think I get what you're saying. I don't know if that's the same thing. Yeah, what you explained just now. That's exactly what. Yeah, that that hit it. It's beautiful to me to think about that actually, because then you can, and sometimes I think it's just leaves room for hope. It does leave room for hope, (laughs) right? You can look at your whole timeline and pains that have come in in your family's history maybe or anything that's broken gets healed in that process yeah as long as we are active participants and you can pick all the shattered little pieces and um make something new out of that absolutely okay this is the last question this might be the same kind of question actually it might similar it says what type of people scare you Hmm. What type of people scare me? People that um, are not being real. Because I... I'm an introvert, but I really like people. Mm -hmm. And I 
easily connect with people, you know, like I'm looking for a way to connect with you and I will find the tiniest little thing to get in. And um, so if you're not being real and I find, I find a way in and then I've realized later after I'm in that it's, mm, not, it's not a safe space at it's all. It's not a safe space. It's not what I expected. It's yeah. not true. Um, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. I get that too. Because um, I I will I will stick it out. <laughs> yeah. I find myself wanting to stick it out for them. Yeah, you know? okay. Like I will try and please you and make you happy i'm, I'm a people pleaser so are you yeah do you I'm feel like you still to this day you have uh, always I'm been better i'm getting better um one of my favorite quotes is and it really changed my life and my perspective is uh betrayal of oneself betrayal of another in order not to betray yourself is betrayal nonetheless it is the highest form uh, and when i read that good. i was like Wow. Um, and so that stays with me um, every day. And I am better at not being a people pleaser at the detriment to my own well being. Yeah, you no, know, I understand. There's, there's a difference there than, you know, yeah. when they make chocolate ice cream for somebody because they love chocolate. Like, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I do. <clears throat> I, I was a people pleaser for many, many years. I'd say that's probably left years ago when I went through a divorce it was mm -hmm. the same thing i mean i had to again you try to find yourself like who am i now yeah um and i had definite people pleasing tendencies yeah you know just every well it came from probably value again self-value i vow, thought other people were better or more important and um and I say that, but deep down inside, I knew that I was had value. So yeah. I internally raged against it, but yeah. but externally was too afraid to to actually stand out or be myself and take something, do something that was more true to me. I would bend and shift for others more yeah. than anything. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That that, and then the the thing about people not being real. That's interesting for me because I that's. I'm very apprehensive. Shockingly, I mean, I am very apprehensive. You're slow to let people in. Well, well, I mean, I guess on one hand, yeah, yeah. but like sitting here, I mean, I, I would tell you anything. I mean, more than anything, I, I'm probably more aware of the recording device, to be honest with you, because mm -hmm. I go, hmm, how far do I want to go? Because I know other people are going to listen. Mm hmm now if this wasn't on i may go even further than we're going to yeah. go it's just, just yeah. it's just a little veneer that's there and i'd love to watch it fall apart but i guess to the original point i uh now with people just like you i prefer it to be real and i can almost and again i don't want to sound this in a boasting way but it's just something that happens i'm pretty good at telling when somebody's not yeah and I don't like wasting my time on that. And I do feel forced to sometimes, and I don't like it. Right. I'm like, I don't like this. They're fake. I don't want to do this. I don't have the energy to. They're not interested in showing me who they are, even a little bit. This is all just a show. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And that's why it's hard to sell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a terror. It's very, I have to convince myself. Right. 
um, that something's going to work before I can do it. I, ads don't work on me too well. Yeah. Promotions, none of that stuff. I'm yeah, just, I get that. I don't know because I just immediately have apprehension. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I guess maybe being in advertising is part of that too. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's what we do to some degree. So you get to you know you're making a slick image or a slick message right. but on the underside there's all this stuff right. that you're aware of you know that the public isn't and not that they're bad things but it's right. just you yeah. know i don't know i don't know what that is and it may be maybe that is why i'm apprehensive i don't know mm-hmm. but i am very apprehensive like i can tell when something's an echo that just like our pings are just going off in my brain about somebody i'm like this is not a yeah, safe you, relationship yeah you you've got your intuition going good you trust in your gut well and then when you yeah. sit at a table like this enough times one-on-one mm-hmm. getting to know people you uh the first 30 minutes or so is figuring that person out what is right. what's i don't know warming up so to speak so yeah. you start to pick up on little things about people and I, and then I find that I prefer um, I prefer this type of thing so much that when somebody's not doing it, I almost feel like they're hurt. they got something to hide. And it's a strange mm, thing. Yeah. It's like you're hiding something yeah. for some reason. Why are you doing that? Yeah. What is it? You know, <laughs> the curiosity gets mm-hmm. the best of me. Well, those are all pretty good questions. I think those are. Uh, I'm always interested to see what comes out of that fishbowl. Yeah, they were good. I was a little nervous about that, but uh, yeah, those were all right. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in there. I don't know, honestly. I keep waiting for something. It's strange. I think there's like a hundred questions in there, and even some of these are some of the same ones. I thought out of a hundred questions, surely everyone will draw something different. And you know, fans, listeners, text me messages to put in there sometimes. So I'm always. uh, I'll have to come up with some questions. Yeah, really, please do. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm hoping everybody will do is just send me questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, because everybody's got their own get to know you questions. You know, I've got mine, but there's things that some people have sent me, and I go, "Oh, I never thought of that." Yeah. You know, and some of them are just fun. Yeah, know, absolutely. Just fun little personal exercises, you know, yeah. things that not asked ourselves. Because, I mean, I don't know if I've ever sat down and asked myself that question, who scares me? Mm, maybe you need to go through that fishbowl. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> the word scares, apprehension's one thing, but being scared of somebody. Yeah, well, is, apprehension's a, just a lower form of fear, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right on. Yeah. I'd say who really scares me, though. Are, um, I think violent people. Oh, yeah, for sure. That That's really, when I'm at a store or something and mm-hmm. I see somebody's reaction to you maybe see someone being squirrely or sketchy, you're just, yeah, especially if I see somebody really getting heated, like if their mm. food wasn't made right mm, or something yeah. and they're like really making a scene or something, and it's escalating, yeah. I just always think that's an inappropriate reaction to what it's really going on. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's like there's something else under the surface, absolutely. and I'm like, there's got this is this could potentially go further because yes. there's something else driving this. For sure. You know, uh, I've, I lived with somebody who was like that, who was volatile, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes you fear mistakes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, because you're going, everything's a trigger potentially. Anything from getting the wrong change back to my hamburger has cheese on it or, you know, whatever it may be. And you're going, everything's a battle. Everything's a fight. Wow. You know, that's not a good way to live. It's so, um, 
when you engage the world that way, I mean, every rela- every encounter is potentially a fight. Mm-hmm. That's just a, kind of a miserable. It way is to a be. miserable existence. I mean, that's just. Oh wow. Well, I got one more question for you, and okay. I, 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 it's something recent that you posted, and it was that you were just now, and we talked about earlier when we were talking about the food art. Um, so you just started doing male nudes. Yeah. So you weren't, and now you are. So is there a reason why you weren't, or was it just a personal? Um, there wasn't. I didn't consciously say I am not doing male nudes. Yeah. Um, so my art is just a spre- an expression of myself, okay. a female. That's all. It's as simple yeah. as that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have recently, um, over the last six or eight months, I've been asked numerous, on occasion, um, do I do males? And... Um, I didn't say no, and I kept saying to myself, "Well, I need, I just need to, you know, I need to try that out." Um, so I just, I had some time um, this past week or last week, whenever it was. So I just quick did a little thing with no expectation, thinking I was going to fail at it, but they actually came out pretty good. So. Yeah. <laughs> was it for a particular client, or you were just no, doing it to try? I was just doing it to do it. Do you do commissions? I do. You do? Okay. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Because, I mean, the, the your art is abstract, yeah? Yes. So how does a commission work in the abstract world? I mean, because I, I can't, I've never done anything like that. Um, well, before uh, these nudes, I was, like, um, really abstract, meaning there was no visible, recognizable image gotcha. in my work. Okay. It was just movement, color, texture. Um, and so... You know, people who like my work would just say, you know, I, I need, you know, I want some texture. I need these colors. It needs to fit in this space. It's pretty simple. Um, I find now that I have moved into some um, identifiable semi-images in my work that um, I'm getting a larger fan base. Yeah, and people are responding more to my work. Um, I guess people need something that they can identify with and recognize. I got you. Um, I, you know, that's all I can make of it. No, I get it. Have you thought about? I mean, I'm just curious. I know you were talking about those cultural pieces. Mm-hmm. Have you done anything like that where you've done an abstract cultural piece? Um, I did. I did an abstract. Um, it was kind of a swamp scene mm-hmm. or a bayou scene which didn't look like a bayou at all but it was just representative of um, the light reflection and the colors gotcha. and maybe the landscape lines um, and it was actually a commission for someone and I got the color palette completely wrong <laughs> and so um, I was like okay uh, future note to myself make a color palette first to let them choose the colors <laughs> So, um, lesson learned. I ended up putting that in um, an auction, and um, it was it was bid on at a really good price. Oh, good. So, um, some people are proudly hanging in their home, so I'm super grateful. Yeah, that is good. I was just wondering. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you could go anywhere with that. I mean, and allow your, if you point your your creativity towards the subject, I mean, you could just allow it to unfold in that direction. I mean, I guess. I, I I often has have said to myself, can you do, you know, maybe a fleur de lis or, or whatever that would be attractive to more people here? 
um i can't just not there it's it's not there it's not genuine it's not what i do yeah it's for the wrong reason no i understand um and so i don't do it no makes sense yeah i mean everybody's got their own way and you're just being true to the way that you're yeah you're wired it's Which is better. Uh, yeah. It's going to make for a better... Absolutely. It's going to make for a better piece of art, and it's going to be received better. So you, you do hair. I do hair. And you do art. Have you ever... Do you ever see a day where you just do art? Yep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That coming. On, that's coming? That's coming. Yeah. Just leaning into it more and more. Yeah. Yep. I'll yeah. be working on it. Yeah. It's already coming to fruition. All your all your hair people are gonna be sad. Yeah, they're not happy, but I told them I'll find them someone good. <laughs> yeah, because well, I know my wife. She's our, one of her dear friends has uh, been doing her hair forever, and I can't even imagine if her friend said, "I'm just not doing hair anymore." Because yeah. I mean, it's a relationship. It is. It is. It's hard to find somebody good to do your hair. Yeah, once you find somebody you trust. Yeah. So it's, right. Did, yeah, because it's more. It's more than just you know having someone who can do your hair good. You. Yeah. You have to develop this connection and it's so weird because in in my 25 years of doing hair um people just, you know, they stop they stop coming to me and um it's not because of I did good hair or bad hair, it's because we just didn't connect. Sure. You know, and they're sitting for two hours in my chair and when you don't connect with somebody, it's not comfortable. It's yeah. not a comfortable space. I always think about that. <laughs> this is, I didn't expect this to come up, but I mean, it's a big part of what you do. And I mean, I wonder about that sometimes as a man. I try to think of things that maybe as men that we have that are like that because when my wife goes to have her hair done, I mean, I, I actually... Yeah, I know she's getting her hair done. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh-huh. But I always know that there's more going on there, uh-huh. that she's having conversations and that she there's a relationship there. And I guess I've just wondered sometimes, like, what do we as men have that I could compare that to? And I couldn't quite think of anything Yeah, that we have. Yeah, I don't know. Men are a little bit different than women. They're not as emotionally driven, you know. Yeah. So, um I don't know. I don't, I don't mean that. No, I, offensive in any way. It's not offensive. It's just, I mean, tr- um, I would say as a broad think, stroke, it's yeah, true. Yeah, I, I think mean, men can just go in and sit and just, you know, this is what's happening and that's all that needs to happen and let's just get it done and then I'm out. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Um, the women, they like to, I don't know, they like to have that connection. And salon stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I, I know from just the years of... It's a definitely a part of her life, and as a, it's just I don't know. It, it's something she looks forward to. Yeah. <clears throat> I just I, I couldn't think of anything. I mean, it was something I just kind of wondered about one day, and I thought, man, I don't have anything like that where I could go do whatever it may be, whatever the service is, where I'm going to sit and visit while the service is being done. Right. And there's a relationship there. I guess if I had some kind of like a fancy beard with you know like a that a barber trimmed up and made yeah. you know i don't know you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing but barbershop talk i mm-hmm. guess a long time ago mm-hmm. men really had that more yeah i think you're right sitting in the barbershop yeah. but <clears throat> i don't know that that's the thing anymore i don't think so huh i don't know just interesting so i guess in a way if, if with that go with you leaning towards the art world and that eventually being on the horizon of the that part of your life being sort of over Will you miss those relationships, or do you just see that evolving in a new way? Uh, I'm 
sure I will. I'm sure I'll miss those relationships. But um, the sense of knowing how fulfilling it's going to be for me to move in the direction of art full time and making a living at it, it surpasses everything else by far. It's yeah. my passion. And, um, it, you know, that's all I need. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something that I think everybody who does art dreams of, right? Yeah. I mean, eventually just doing that. You know, Ben, uh, I was talking to Ben, and I asked him, I'll ask you the same question, what's it like being with somebody else who does art? I mean, y'all are both artists. Yeah, uh, well, you know, this is the first time I've been in um, a relationship with another artist, and um, it's it's really great. We just did um, uh, we just did Holiday Market yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're, we can, we definitely, you know, connect on a deeper level, I think, because we have that in common. And I think, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, creatives, I think, are just naturally more emotional people, you know? I think we're just, we kind of have this, like, greater passion for life in general. And to be with somebody who ha- shares that same passion, it's, it's, it's really great it's you know i've never experienced it before so yeah it's an awesome thing to connect with somebody in that way i bet yeah absolutely you know my wife and i we both i guess in a way we we work in the same business together but before we met we were both doing a similar job it was you know graphics design and things like that which i mean it's it's creative i mean it's some art in the uh in that profession and uh so it was nice to be with somebody that understood mm-hmm. that world and yeah you know when we talk the there's not a lot of there's not a learning curve right so to speak i guess yeah. you know she knows what i'm talking about right. when, when it comes to something and related to the the field and so yeah i like that honestly a lot it, it it takes a lot of things out of the way because what we do you know all our hobbies or whatever it may be i mean it's important that you don't have to re-explain that or that For you have sure. to spend a lot of your time explaining it to the other person right. before you can really connect yeah on it definitely yeah well as far as how people find you and get in touch with you um what's the best way for people who want to see your art communicate with you and or hire you for a commission or a show or whatever how do they find you yeah um social media is probably the best way so okay. facebook and instagram lidwall's art it's all the same. L Y D. L Y D. W A L L S. And uh, I do have a web page, but I am so bad about <laughs> <laughs> keeping that updated. And honestly, I get no hits on my really web. like any any connections I've made through art, be it galleries or commissions or whatever. It's all done through social media. Yeah. What's your bet? What's which one do you use the most? I mean, what's um, been the Instagram probably the best. Yeah. yeah. It's high. It's hyper visual. Mm-hmm. That's got to be why. Yeah, I'm I'm new to Instagram. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what the I I do find that um, I make connections faster there, but mm-hmm. I don't know yet if they're the most valuable as far and I don't mean that money wise, but if they're the most valuable. Because um, for a show like this, it's a listening show. Right. There's not a lot to see. So. Right. You know, um, am I making that crossover where someone's listening? to the show from something they saw on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And I'm still trying to crack the nut within myself to where people want to see 
the people behind things, just uh-huh. like art. They want to uh-huh. meet you. They want to know you. And so, yeah, with this show, I'm finding that that's an element I'm still wading into, like yeah. putting myself on there i'm not really big on that right you know just yeah. being seen yeah. i don't know I still it. still struggling with that so i, I don't get, get like i don't really get how it equates like so you need to see me to be interested in it's just strange so yeah. i'm still trying to cross that bridge yeah i understand that yeah, yeah um it was it took a little bit for me to um get comfortable with the fact that when people know you they'll buy your art yeah because they really want to know you yeah um and i was you know that was you know years ago when i was just like no they just want something pretty about their couch you know but no, yeah they don't no they, they don't they the, want to the, know the true art lovers and collectors they really want to know it's true the story it's true i mean i was a, i'm a big comic book fan and when i was a, I mean, ever since i was a little kid my dad was and i remember uh there used to be a comic book shop here in town that was inside of a furniture store and uh he had got an artist to come in from one of the books and it was a new book i'd never heard of the artist before i'd never even heard of the book but i got to meet the guy i go watched him draw he told stories about the characters and how he designed their suits and i don't know i was very young probably Mm -hmm. 10 or 11 years old but it stuck with me and i started reading that book and then i was was interested in the characters and honestly, were they the best? Probably not. But I was there's something special about the fact that I yeah. met him and I got to. Um, yep. I don't know. There was a connection there, Absolutely. and I, I, it's so important to people. We've and I said that word so many times throughout this cast. Connection. 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 Yeah. It's, it's what it is. It's what we're all here for. Yeah. There's people making all this yeah. stuff. You know. Yeah. Like the other day, I was re- watching the trailer for a movie that has been written by an AI, and it may be really good. I haven't watched the film, but. Um, it scared me and I thought oh it's kind of weird because I love following directors and mm-hmm. listening to their commentary and learning what they wanted to do and uh, you know you you be the world we live in now you can meet these people yeah. you can go watch interviews with anybody who's made a film and I thought about this AI making this movie and I thought that's gonna die out if we start doing this mm. it's like well here's a new film by this program yeah. And I was like, that's so cold in some ways. It's novel and neat, but if it becomes the norm, that's terrifying mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you lose the heart and soul behind so many things. I know. I, I kind of see that pattern with the whole social media thing. We've all become so disconnected, which is probably why we've become so intolerant of each other because we don't have to see each other face to face anymore. Sure. We don't. It's easy to dismiss you when I don't when you're not right in front of me right yeah i was having a conversation with somebody else about the show in fact trying to get them to come on the show and i i worried just from some of the dialogue that we were having that um i really wanted to get to know i really want to get to know this person and mo- everybody that i've asked to come on here i'm like i want to sit down and talk to you i just i don't know why you just seem like some i, I don't even know you but i want to know that's yeah. just how we do things and um I worry that it comes across as I'm just trying to build the show and get people on here. And I think it was coming across that way. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you don't really want to get to know me. You just want me on the show so people will watch the show. And I was like, that's interesting because I think that might be the way we've possibly always been. But this is not that. Mm-hmm. I really do 
want to get to know you, even though I don't know you. Yeah. Very strange yeah. thing to say, but I do. And so I'm trying to still figure out how to approach people, yeah. you know, and say, okay, I know and in a way I have to almost say, look, I, you have to just go listen to the show. Yeah. There's no way for you to know what I mean by that unless you just go listen to it and find out that I really do mean what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, well, I've enjoyed talking to you. I enjoy this. Thank you so much. Yeah, now I know you. Or at least I think I do. <laughs> yeah. So better. I've been real, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I love you just.